And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Did you just say you haven't seen these films? <laughs> uh, have you been living under a rock, my friend? No, we're going to watch these right now, and lucky us, it's only three hours and five minutes to finish both, so clear your schedule. Uh, fact number one, you are going to love this film. Fact number two, if you do not like this film, then... My friend, you don't know anything about film at all. Do you know anything about the backstory or the lore? Oh boy. Okay, well, I'd be doing you a disservice if I didn't spend 45 minutes explain. Okay, your funeral, my friend. But be warned, this isn't that other crap you watch. It isn't diluted and uninspired like the Avengers or James Bond. It actually has substance and wit. Now we find ourselves in New Jersey, and Paul Blart must save the day. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dugs Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, February 4th. I'm J.E. Skeets, rolling this morning with the Bassmaster, ripping them lips, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Oh, we got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends, friends, mm. you, hello. <laughs> My friends. <laughs> and last but not least, making the magic happen, continuing to bring the fire with the cold opens, it's JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. You gotta stop making this so funny. I can barely collect myself <laughs> to say good morning, sweet world. I was like dying over here watching yeah. that. God, that was one of my favorite. I watched it 50 times, dying every time. Shout out to Dylan Poat, or Pote. I don't know how you say his last name. He sent that to me on Instagram. Keep him coming, people, because yeah. so it's good. just it's so the good. best part. That one was great. Okay, guys, shout out to the stream team. Joining us live on YouTube right now. Like, comment, subscribe. We're about 1,000 subs away from the 30K mark. Let's do it. Let's do it by oh. the weekend at least. Let's get Let's there, Let's do guys. it tonight. Sure. Let's do it tonight, Skeetsy. Hey, I'm on board. Email us your questions and comments for the next Beach Steppin' Podcast. No dunks at theathletic.com. Best way to get them in front of us. Got to email them in. We hit the beach yesterday to share cool story bro after cool story bro. So go check out yesterday's Beach Steppin' Podcast. As always, a lot of fun. The merch is hot and available over at nodunks.com. You guys know that, so go grab yourself a No Dunks hoodie or a t-shirt or some shorts or a mug. And yeah, we might hit 30K tonight, Trey, because the NBA Happy Hour is back. Oh yeah, NBA Happy Hour watch party. Going to fire up the live stream around halftime of the Warriors-Mavericks game on TNT. We might might have a special guest in store tonight as well. So if you were on the fence about whether you're going to join us live tonight, I suggest you do. Again, around halftime of the Warriors-Mavericks game, we'll uh, tweet this out and we'll obviously tell you on Facebook. And if you hit that little notification button on YouTube, you're just going to know when we go live. 
So there you go. Can't wait. Stephen Curry, if it's halftime, he can uh, jump on from the locker room. Yeah, well, maybe it depends what type of game he's having in the first half. If he's having mm. a bad one, he might want to jump on. You know, we can motivate him a little bit. Didn't Bogut say that? He was caught, like, checking his phone a lot of the times at half if he had a bad first half. That's right, yeah. And he would come out and shut up the haters, the doubters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, special guest. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to lock it in, but uh, I, even some of these guys here uh, on this call this morning don't even know who I'm talking about. So it could be fun. All right. Today... We're starting with a little true or false. Yes, true or false, gentlemen. Thought we'd add a little twist to it. So first one, we start in Sacramento, where don't look now. The Kings have won five of six. My goodness. De'Aaron Fox, 26 points, 11 assists. Buddy Heald, you know, two late free throws to sort of uh, seal the deal there. Sacktown, hold off the shorthanded Celtics, 116-111 on Wednesday night. Trey, true or false? I'm getting too excited about the Kings again. I'm back, baby, on the Kings bandwagon. Skates is back. Of course this is true. The Kings have won a whopping two straight games. Yep. And J.E. Skeets is shoehorning in not just one, but two Sacramento Kings questions to kick off the show. Insane stuff. But honestly, a really nice win last night for Sacramento over uh, the Celtics, no Kemba for the Celtics. Yes, Jalen. Yes, Jason. So that's a nice win. And yep. the Kings got to win. It feels like the way they've got to win every single time this season. They kept it close. Then in the fourth quarter, it was De'Aaron Fox. It was Harrison Barnes. It was Rashawn Holmes. And it was Tyrese Halliburton. My favorite law for- firm, Fox, Barnes, Holmes, and Halliburton. <laughs> Just making plays down the stretch. They're down five with about six minutes left. Harrison Barnes keeps getting to the line. Fox is just able to make every kind of play that is necessary for the Sacramento team. Holmes is hitting the glass. You got a curtains Halliburton moment again. Fun stuff for the Kings. And like you're saying, Skeets, it's not just two games in a row. It's five out of six all the way up to 10 and 11. Mm. That's the thing, Skeets. You got to bird box this. Do not look at the Kings. They've still got the worst defense in the league. And I went back and I checked all of the schedules and results on basketball reference for the past five seasons. Literally every season, the Kings have a stretch where they win five out of six. Every season, you might have noticed that the Kings have not been in the playoffs for 500 years. (laughs) So I don't know, Skeets. You may be jinxing them by leading the show right here. You might have done it. Oh, I told you. I said if I start doing it again, shoot me down. Don't let me do it. So I like that you're putting me in my place here. But Fox, you're right. I mean, special again in this one. Uh, he's averaging 28 points per game over his last eight contests, uh, Lily. And and in the fourth quarter, like Trey said, is taking over uh, and just and really just has been dominant over these last couple of games. I think he's you know like 15, 16, 17 points. It it feels like every time here in the fourth quarter. So so where are you with the Sacramento Kings? Like. Forget about it. Just leave them right now. Don't even pay attention to them, like Trey said. You know, it's like the uh, the weird ghost in Super Mario Brothers. You know, like don't don't turn <laughs> don't, don't turn look back at and look at it. Yeah, just just leave it. You'll be fine. It won't really do that much damage. Like, what do you think? Well, I think there is some substance to it because uh, oh boy. Oh well, boy. well, no, because last night, as Trey mentioned, there there was no Kemba, no Marcus Smart, but they still had their two best players, the Celtics. They had Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and Tatum missed a three at the buzzer there, which could have extended the game to overtime. So maybe they got away with a little one last night, but that that's a good win. Any win really for the Kings is great, is important because they do have a terrible defense and they still give up a ton of points. But if you can 
outscore your opponents, obviously you win those games. And the Kings just need to get any sort of confidence, any sort of momentum going. Because if you look at their schedule coming up, they've got three pretty tough ones in a row here. They've got the Nuggets. They're at home against the Nuggets. Then they go to the LA to face the Clippers. And then they come back home for five in a row, actually, uh, starting with the Philadelphia 76ers. And then they've got some winnable ones after that. Uh, Memphis is in there. Miami, Chicago's in there as well. Uh, but they've also got the Brooklyn Nets. So they've got a tough stretch coming up here, which will, will again, show us a little bit more about whether or not this team is improving has turned somewhat of a corner, or if it's just like it is in the NBA when you play so many games, so many teams are on back-to-backs, especially this season, that you know any team can beat any team on any given night. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think it's just uh, it's good to see, especially De'Aaron Fox, I think, um, and, and Tom Zilla had it in his newsletter this morning. Probably not going to make the all-star team just because it's deep at that position, but he's certainly making a case for himself, you know, and he's still got time here. So if he can continue this great play, especially his fourth quarters, which where he's been fantastic, uh, it's going to make it, uh, he's going to be in that conversation. I just, I think, you know, it's going to be one of those situations like you've got to do it for a year or two, especially if you're in Sacramento there for Fox, but uh, good for the Kings because they look like an absolute disaster there for a while again. Uh, earlier this season, and it was like, man, they, you know, Luke Walton might be fired. They just can't stop anyone. They're giving up 150,000 points every game. You know, they've improved somewhat in that area, but uh, I, I enjoy watching this team play when they're playing well. I mean, they, they're a fun team, and, and Fox is a good player to watch, and uh, it's just good to see the Kings, you know, not be disgusting uh, in, for the entire season. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, let's just table this, though. If, if the Kings somehow miraculously beat the Nuggets, Clippers, and 76ers in their next three games... Then fair. Then we'll get very, very excited. But uh, I think uh, we have the perfect like sort of excitement surrounding them right now. Good wins. You know, again, Celtics missing some guys there. They, I mean, their backcourt is like, hey, we got to go to Jeff Teague. You know, that's never a good sign. Yeah, but, you know, again, but, like that game was close enough that the Celtics no, could have fooled well, it Well, look, if know. Jason Williams doesn't do the old pump fake in the corner, maybe he yeah. splashes that three. Like, what a play by Grant oh, White chocolate from the corner. Yeah. Jason Williams. Yeah. Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. Grant Williams plus Jason Tatum yes, right. equals Jason Williams. I love it. I he was, was wearing thinking, 55. Maybe that goes down. I was thinking of Grant Williams, yeah, with the unbelievable miss, the free throw miss, like executed perfect. Getting it back himself. That was nice. That was very, nice. Very, very nice. Um, but yeah, Tatum, uh, he sort of like, yeah, he, he threw a pump fake in there. I don't think he needed to, Lili. Um, it may have been a smoother shot. He may have had a better yeah. chance of knocking it out. But anyway, Kings get the win. Trey said it. We got a second Kings question here. This one's a lot more fun. True or false? Tyrese Halliburton is the clear-cut Rookie of the Year favorite, Lee. And I ask you this because he had another good game last night. 21 points, four assists, three boards, couple steals, heads-up plays left and right. And he was just named the Western Conference Rookie of the Month for, for December games and January games. They, they lumped those two together. So is Halliburton, like, is he sort of running away this early with Rookie of the Year? True or false? Oh, false. No way he's running away okay. with it. No, he's been excellent. Uh, and maybe the biggest surprise, because this has been a very good draft class, a very good rookie class. But to say clear-cut to me is, like, he's basically almost can't lose it from here. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't even think he's a, a, the favorite right now. I've got LaMelo Ball, who was the Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month. Yep. Uh, uh, just announced there with Tyrese Halliburton. Halliburton last night was great. Hitting those threes, had a very, very smart play at the end of the uh, third quarter where the shot went up and he just ran in, caught it, and laid it off the bas- off the backboard to give them a two-pointer um, at the end of the quarter there. Yep. Uh, and he's great. You know, defensively, he's been good. He's making some plays for his team. But I think if there's uh, anyone right now, it's LaMelo Ball, who's the uh, who's, again, not clear-cut, because I don't think it's that uh, it's set in stone by any means. But he's been fantastic there for the uh, uh, Charlotte Hornets starting 
been great. Now, they lost last night, but if you want to go into the sort of geeky stats of it, we can do that. Why not? Lamelo yes. Ball is uh, second in scoring uh, behind Anthony Edwards, who's also been very good. Lamelo Ball is second in rebounding behind, behind James Wiseman, who has tailed off a little bit, uh, got injured as well there, uh, but he started off really well. And then Lamelo Ball is leading rookies in assists, and Tyrese Halliburton is coming in second there. So, you know, they're, they're, t- they're tied for win shares, both <laughs> Lamelo Ball and Tyrese Halliburton. You want to get really geeky, that's where they're at the top of the leaderboard. Tyler well, Lamelo Ball is a minus 1.7 net rating, Tyrese is a minus 2.7. Oh. So they, <laughs> but uh, listen, I think overall, again, there's some really, really really good rookies in this class. And uh, I, I just don't think while I would have Lamelo's favorite from now, I, I, I still wouldn't think that wouldn't be surprised if someone else was to come along and, and win the rookie of the year, which is great, which is really mm-hmm. good for the NBA. Um, so no, I don't think he's clear cut. I saw that in, uh, in Zilla's article as well this morning. And I think he's a brilliant writer, but uh, I disagree. Homer! <laughs> you don't get to Homer other people, especially about the Sacramento Kings, but Tom <laughs> Ziller, big enough Tyrese Halliburton for rookie of the year. That's a certain case. Cause I think you can lock LaMelo in as rookie of the year. Wow. I think you can lock Tyrese Halliburton in as the guy that the internet is going to say should win rookie of the year right. because he's so much fun fun to watch out there. He looks already like he's going to be the next Andre Iguodala or the next uh, Shane Battier, the next Al Horford, (laughs) the guy that kind of like puts your team together. Maybe he's not your superstar, but you have to have him out there because he's such an instrumental piece to making the offense look right, to making the defense look right, to making the right play every single time. But when you look at it, LaMelo, if you're talking just totals, he's almost at the top of points, rebounds, and assists. He was until just recently, and he's just now getting a chance to start. Halliburton's going to be in the guy in the Western Conference, I do think, but I think is going to take home the Roy. I think that's fair. I wanted to ask this question, though, you know, off of that game last night. I think you guys got the right answer with this one, going false. Definitely clear-cut. I mean, I was uh, embellishing a little bit there. It'll, it might be tight. We'll see. But I got to point this out, Trey. You'll love this. So we do the rebound highlights, right? Big beef. Talk to me. We love Big it. Beef. That's sort of our thing. That's your thing. Then we talked about the sicko Zach Lowe and his closeout highlights. I mean, that's just next level. Like, we're talking about rebound highlights? He's talking about closeouts? Well, how about this? House of Highlights. That's what they're called. Their YouTube channel, I saw this morning, they had a clip titled, (laughs) Tyrese Halliburton smartly fouls Williams to stop Brown getting a game-tying three. We're talking about fouling up three highlights. So they are pushing, you know, the love for Halliburton. Now they push the love for LaMelo Ball. Don't get me wrong, too. You know, LaMelo Ball, like, you know, looks at someone and bats an eye. They throw that up. But my God, Trey, a fouling up three. That's that's too far. I love Tyrese Halliburton. I love the Kings. I was like, come on, guys. I mean, again, a smart play. Don't get me wrong. He's a rookie. Like, sure, good foul. We don't need to cut it and put it up. Hey. I clicked. I watched it this morning. I had to see this foul. And honestly, not that impressive. I thought no. it was going to be like this guy pulls a foul out of nowhere. But it happened, and the Kings broadcast is like, I was wondering when somebody was going to do a foul like that. <laughs> but respect. A 48-second clip of a guy fouling off of a dribble handoff. Incredible stuff. Yeah. We're definitely going to be blasting out... Um, an exploding brain meme that goes yep. from screen assist, <laughs> rebound highlight, closeout highlight, smart foul. <laughs> a smart foul. Crazy. I don't know. Oh, you got to say, though, I haven't checked the stats. I have not checked the stats, but I think Tyrese Halliburton has to be leading all rookies in smart fouls in the last <laughs> minute of a game. Ridiculous stuff. Well, the house check- of highlights. We built this house on fouling. 
Let me check the uh, hustle stats. Let me see if oh, I can... Yeah, yeah hustle can leaders. Yes, okay, let's see what's in the fouls. hustle leaders here. I mean, here. look, look, we're, we're joking, but Halliburton is... Like, you said it, Trey. He already looks like a guy that's been in the league for 10 years. Like, you're like, this guy is a... He's a rock. Like, man, he paired him paired with Fox, too. And I know they're doing, like, the three-guard thing with Buddy in there at times, and that and that's great. That's fine. Man, that's just a young, really talented, especially, like, offensively and defensively backcourt. Like, not to get too excited again about the Kings, but... Halliburton's is great. You got those hustle stats, my man? What do you got? Well, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, uh, I oh, mean, I've got, Jesus. I've got deflection. You look up this shit sometimes and you don't even know what you're looking at. So why I, don't, I don't know what I'm looking at with hustle leaders, but I've got deflections per game. There's also deflections per 36 out there. Then there's yeah. deflections total. <laughs> oh, my God. Loose balls recovered. <laughs> Uh, have you never seen this before? Yeah, I have, but okay. I didn't know. I didn't know we, did, we were doing it by per thirty sixes as well. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe maybe it's a little much. All right, uh, so we're, so we're, we still think maybe Lamelo Ball ultimately wins Rookie of the Year, but I, I'm with you guys. Halliburton's going to make it very interesting, especially if the Kings, you know, do continue to win games and maybe impress some people. And he's having an impact. That's that's totally. for damn sure. For damn sure. All right, our next one here, Paul George. Drained eight of nine three-pointers last night. Scored 36 as the Clippers ended a, a long road trip with the 121-99 victory over the Cavs. It was good timing for Paul George, whose name was all over NBA Twitter yesterday. Because in a memorable section of his new book, veteran forward Jared Dudley explained why the Lakers took such exception to the Clippers last year, Paul George in particular, during the NBA bubble. Dudley wrote, We think it's disrespectful for Paul George, who hasn't won, to put himself on the level of Braun and AD. This motivates us, okay? This got back to Paul George. He was asked about these comments. He said, God bless him. God bless you, Jared Dudley. God bless you, Jared Dudley. That's well done, Paul. Uh, God bless you, Jared Dudley. Thank you for writing books. (laughs) Paul George continued, I don't know what it is, Dudes love throwing my name and stuff. So the question here, the true or false question is, does Paul George demand our respect? You know, a lot more than what he's given. And uh, I mean, I'll sort of go first here. I, I actually don't know where I fall on this, if it's true or false. On one hand, I didn't know Dudley was writing a book. Did anybody know this? Like, it sort of came <laughs> no. out of nowhere. I thought, I thought Ben Golliver had the NBA bubble exclusive, okay? And I know that book's coming out a little bit later. Shout out to Ben Golliver. But uh, I guess Dudley uh, found time to write one, too. But it is weird, these comments, like why they're so upset with Paul George, especially slipping in the Anthony Davis, who remember at the time hadn't won anything before last year and won a title. So it's like they were sort of, if if you ask me to be honest, like Paul George and AD were on a similar level uh, in terms of their career. Now AD's got the title and he's hit some big shots, obviously, and has had some good playoff performances. But anyway, I don't know where to go with this one, Lily. Like, I don't know if it's true or false. Like, I'm... I don't know, has we has the internet gone so far, not just the internet, I guess other players, like with their sort of hatred to Paul George that we need to veer back to like, okay, come on, this guy's guy is an elite player. I mean, mm. we're not saying he's LeBron or Kawhi, but he's like the next tier. Doesn't he belong yeah. in that one? What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's put it on a little bit himself by, yeah. you know, switching teams and, and talking a little trash. But oh, he's not the first one to switch teams in this league. Let's no, of course not. Of course not. Let me ask you Can't this. Can't be a stand-up got... guy like Anthony Davis. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but do you, would you say Paul George is a Hall of Famer right now? Six-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, four-time All-Defense, you know, rookie, most improved, blah, blah, I, blah. I Probably, yes. 
I'd say he's on the way to the Hall of Fame, for sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I think uh, he's got enough time, and I think he's a, he's a star player. So in that sense, I think if you think he's a Hall of Famer, then he gets your respect. I, I, I think if you if you dismiss him and think, no, he can't get to the Hall of Fame, even if he doesn't win a championship, then, then maybe you don't rate him that highly. But I think he's on that way. Uh, this guy suffered a, a, an awful, awful, you know, potentially almost career-ending uh, career injury injury and bounced back and was very very good you know he was third in MVP voting um you know what a season after that so I think uh I, I think he does get it but I think he's he's almost he, he just sort of just puts his foot in his mouth a few times and says some silly things and, yeah. and dumb things uh, but if he if the Clippers win the championship you know not necessarily this season but if they do it while he's there and he just signed that five-year extension uh then I think automatically that sort of vaults him into that that category of like okay he is, he's a legit star and he's lived up to that reputation because when he started out in Indiana those first couple of seasons, he was awesome to watch. You know, he had oh, the man, dunk. he was like an internet darling exactly, too, like yeah. going to, you know, battling yeah. LeBron and gaining but he, his respect. And then it's like, it's crazy how his career has like gone actually yeah in terms of just his popularity taking a dive for sure yeah i mean and and you know he was uh like those paces teams really pushed the heatles as well so he was he was right there but then he you know like a lot of people he sort of he demanded a trade he kind of powdered his way out of indiana um and then he sort of yeah i mean what happened there in okc he was there for two seasons and then he just said i want to go to la and so they traded him i mean again I, i like that's so many other guys have done that sort of stuff so now it's almost like, okay, this is what you wanted. This is what you asked for. You have to go out there and perform. And the fact that they lost after having a 3-1 lead against the Nuggets, I think people really like to pile on him for that because mm-hmm. he wasn't very good in the bubble no, in the playoffs. No, He's had some disappointing playoff yeah, games and performances. I mean, so is are we at the point with him, Trey, where no matter what Paul George does in the regular season, no matter what Paul George says, like, hey, give me the respect. And, and again, we see some of these other players sort of like taking shots at him. It won't matter until he wins a title. Like, is that where we're at? Is he sort of hardened like in a weird way like that? Like, it's like, sorry, man, now you just have to win a title or no one's going to like love you again. What do you think? I think that's totally it. I took a pledge this year. I'm not saying anything yeah. bad about Paul George, but if Jared Dudley wants to say it, God bless Jared Dudley. Uh, But I don't know. The thing with Paul George is he's an incredible player, right? He really is. When you hear Lee list off the accomplishments in his career, we know he's still in the prime of his career. He's going to be piling up the counting stats. He probably will go to the Hall of Fame. But all people want to do is see him take a little bit of accountability here. You know, he he takes one free throw against the Nets, and he's complaining, saying it's disrespectful. Maybe he had an excerpt from Jared Dudley's book, so he's playing the respect (laughs) card early. Interesting, now that this is coming out, I'm thinking some back-channel book swapping was going down there, but in the same game, Kyrie Irving took three free throws. He scored a whole bunch of points. The last two of his free throws were a fouling situation, so he really only had one during the competitive portion of the game. We would just like to see Paul George lose a game and be like, yeah, I could have been a little bit better. That's all people want to do. So he should kind of just take a chill pill. He should wait until he wins a championship or at least makes it to the NBA Finals and then write his own book, trashing all these other guys saying, yeah, you are trash talking me. Look, now I'm on top of the world. Until that happens, though, people are not going to take it seriously. You can have eight threes in a game on February 3rd, and it doesn't matter if you're not doing it on June 3rd. Yeah, I think that's right. I can't... uh... Can't wait to read this Dudley book, though, Lily. I mean, again, he turned this around quickly. I got to give it to Duds. Uh, right, I'll wait for you to read, it and you can tell me what it's all about. Then, uh, okay, it's only forty-two pages, though. Really? That's not a book. Yeah, exactly. That's a novella. I think it's. I think it's like a two-dollar uh, Kindle thing. 
All right. Okay. Well, I wish I didn't call it a book. I should have done some research. I didn't know that. Thank you for that fact check. That's not a book. Everybody's calling it a book, but it's a 42 page book. No. So that doesn't count. Okay. I agree with you, but I'm just saying. Ben Gulliver. Ben Gulliver's writing a book. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to that. Not that I'm not, I, you know, I'm not going to read this book either, but I mean, I'll read Gulliver's book, but I don't know. 42 pages. I guess it's a quick book to read. Well, yeah, well, it's right? not a book, first off, but yeah, you can read it quickly. Yeah, it's a it's a PDF you can sort of uh, fly through for sure. Yeah, uh, I'll give it a go. I, I didn't sure. know that. I'm gonna go. No, get I like this it. Now. It's 42 pages. If yeah. book was 42 pages, I'd be reading on the rug. 42 yeah. pages, and uh, 40 of them are just ripping on Paul George. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite book, actually. It's two super pages short, about it's all tra- Paul George slander. Yeah. Lee, yeah. is your Lee is your book over 42 pages? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my God. God, it's well over 42. It's wow. about 42,000 oh, at the moment. Oh. <laughs> do you need an editor? Do you? Are you looking for an editor? I've got there? one. No, I'm working with one. Um, yeah. Jesus. All right. Good for yeah, you, mate. This is for real. Yeah, have you yeah. slowed down right now? With yes, the I have because, yeah. yes, <laughs> I have. It's, it's difficult right now to find the time, but uh, <laughs> I've, got, I've, got lots, uh, you know, I've got lots in there anyway. Um, you know, it's fun. Okay. It's, it's fun, it's, but it's also, um, it's, uh, it's really test your insecurities of yourself too when you're writing a book about sure. yourself and you're, your own journey. Yeah. Like it, it feels like there are times you're writing things and you're like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm putting this down. But uh, you know, it's, I mean, you know, I'm encouraged to put it all down and then we'll take out what we don't need. But uh, ah, it's a, it's a, it's a very, it's, it's like a self cleanse too, you know? Sure. Like, like cleanse for the soul. Mm. <laughs> like, uh, what are you writing? The chicken soup over there? <laughs> chicken soup for the 1987 All Star Game lover's soul. Yeah, I mean, it's things like that. It's 42,000 like, like... pages about free throws by Rolando Blackman. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, but it is. It, you know, when I'm writing about that, I'm like, how many times do I need to reference back to that as, as, a, as another little point in my sure. life well, where that, what... that became a factor and stuff? You know, like sometimes I'm like, oh, geez, Lee, you're boring me with that one. Just move on. <laughs> Do something else, man. Watch another game. Okay. Well, hey, look. God bless you, Lee Ellis. Listen, I hope I, I hope I get, I hope I do get to finish this. But because uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a journey. I'll say that much. It's a right. journey. Uh, people are excited. I'm telling. I'm excited. Yeah. So, so continue, please continue. Yeah. Just get, like you said, get it all out of you. Just let it all out. Get it on the paper. Get it on the computer, and then yeah, let the editor go to work. That's why you got one. All right. Our next one. Also, here. real quick here, Skeets. Oh, yeah, I gotta sorry. say, God bless the stream team as well because yep. they're now calling Paul George PDFP. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry, I love it. I'm loving it right now. You put out a 42-page oh. digital book, uh, trash and Paul George, hilarious stuff. PDFP. That's a lock for me. Oh, good man. stuff. Yeah, this, this is. A, I mean, I know every podcast is a classic from No Dogs. This is a classic. Oh, we gotta save this one. We're gonna win some awards with this one. I'm telling you. All right, our next one. Let's talk highlights, baby. Just go right to it, JD. I want to show everybody on the stream team. True or false, Zion had Wednesday's best highlight. We are showing for the listeners uh, Bledsoe throwing the one-handed oop to a skying Zion Williamson who chucked it down with ease. Big win for the Pelicans, uh, we should note as well. So, true or false, that dunk that we just showed you on the stream team was the best highlight from Wednesday. What do you think, Trey? Oh, come on, Skeets. This is big time true. Forget putting it on a poster. Oh, no, don't do it. Forget highlights. This was the NBA top shot of the night. I saw Zion skying for that oop, throwing down right-handed. Still feels like that should be his normal hand because you're used to seeing a right-handed oop. I saw it. I said, 
give me the top shot. I got to hop on Twitter. Let Skeets know all about this because this is hilarious to me that we were talking about Zion highlights coming into the year. We both start to dabble in NBA top shot and then Zion throws down a massive dunk in a huge game. He went 12 of 14 this game. Literally now you can buy stock in highlights and Zion had a great one last night. I was loving it. Uh, the prices did not go up a whole bunch yet, but I can't wait until this drops in a pack. This is legendary <laughs> status, a rare low serial number. Give me that mint. Wow. If you have no idea what Trey's talking about right now, uh, right will, now? I don't know why I just turned into a Southern <laughs> lawyer there right now. Um, we're going to talk about NBA Top Shot in the future. Uh, I, I don't even want to get started on this podcast right now, but we will either do its own podcast. I'm sure it'll come up in NBA happy hour tonight too. Um, it's it's crazy what's going on out there. I can't wait to talk to Lee about it oh, so yeah. much. Like oh, we're going to blow yeah. his mind with this stuff. Anyway, Lee, it was a good dunk. Very, very good dunk. Trey says it was the best of the night. Do you agree? True or false? False. Oh. The best play of the night came early. I had this one up. JD, roll it. <laughs> oh boy. Hornets get it back. Here comes LaMelo Ball with his hair on fire. Wow, that's a great call. Here comes LaMelo with his hair on fire. That's a a good line. (laughs) Eric Collins is awesome. He is such a perfect play-by-play guy to have for LaMelo and Miles Bridges out there because he does lose his mind so well on only those plays. But... You know, yesterday we were talking on the beach about has LaMelo Ball already surpassed Jason Williams' white chocolate for highlights? And I said, no question, he has not. This is far too early. But that, to me, was really much like a Jason Williams highlight, that that behind the back in transition to throw it down to the guy who dunked again. Let's hear it one more time, JD. (laughs) Hornets get it back. Here comes LaMelo Ball with his hair on fire. great call oh, my. oh but, baby yeah i mean okay the pass is fine the dunk is better yeah but it's highlight. the combination it's no the yeah flash. yeah no no doubt the, no doubt it's the flash of the behind the back in transition and then bridges just thrown down the oh. windmill like yeah, that and then eric collins i mean that was just so awesome to watch i thought that was an incredible play just a great moment the hornets have been so much more fun to watch this year and partly because Eric Collins just like like homerism like there's no even denying it anymore between uh, most of the play by play commentators they're just like they're cheerleaders and if you can be great like Eric Collins why not it adds to the broadcast if you ask me of course I mean like Mark Jones on the Kings broadcast like it gives some life to a broadcast like it's mm. a better watch you know when De'Aaron Fox you know puts somebody on skates or like you know Halliburton makes a great play like it and they go nuts yeah for sure he had a great line last night Mark Jones did off of uh, De'Aaron Fox pass. I think he's like, put a little sauce on yep. it. I was yeah. watching the highlights this morning and Ada was like, a little sauce on it? That's silly. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, you should have seen this pass, girl. Nice pass. <laughs> um, I wanted to bring this up because I'm, I'm happy here today. Trey, you're saying it was the best play of Wednesday night. That's fine. It was a nice dunk from Zion. But I couldn't believe it. The NBA's top 10 on their YouTube channel, they had that oop from Zion at number 7. Number seven, I like. I actually thought it was low, but I had come into the season. You guys know by now. I was talking this whole thing. I had this weird hot take, put a little spice on it, about Zion being like overvalued. The highlights he had given us 
up to that point. I just thought the NBA was going a little too overboard. So I was very pleasantly surprised, almost shocked that they had it up that low. Because there were some other good dunks last night. That was a nice one, that, that transition you had there, Lee. Uh, Porzingis had a dunk on Capella, which was pretty damn big, and the Mavericks, uh, big win over the Hawks. I just wanted to give a little love to this DeRozan dunk. On uh, I think it was on Josh Okoji here. DeRozan is angry in this dunk. Um, now, it would have been great if Josh had like jumped a little bit more to really block it. But holy crap, I love a good DeRozan dunk. He just hammers that, especially as a bit of a smaller guy. You're not like a giant like power forward or something like that as an athletic wing. Huge, huge. And like, man, when it's all said and done, he's going to have a sick, sick, sick NBA mixtape. I mean, I'm sure it exists already. People are already cutting this stuff together. But I would pay $14 for that top shot, uh, Trey. <laughs> Instantaneously, does it? It could be a uh, common. I have no idea what you're talking about with yeah. Top Shot, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you, you might like it. Actually, you might get into it. Uh, so a big dunk, but uh, Zion's uh, probably better than that one. Let's hear from you guys with all these. Final one. We'll just keep it moving here. True or false? The Miami Heat are in trouble, and I'll ask you firstly because Beal scored 32. Wizards rallied from a 13 point deficit to beat Miami 103 100 last night. And yeah, Jimmy Butler played, Bam played, Drogic played, Hero played. The loss drops Miami to, I think, 7-14 and 14 in the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference. Uh, are you concerned? Are they in trouble? True or false? That was definitely a stinker. No doubt last night, uh, the Wizards coming off a back-to-back too. Westbrook was sitting out, although, you know, sometimes they uh, have played better without him. But they led this one big and uh, and blew it at the end. And, and, yeah, you mentioned they had all their guys the heat. They, this is the one that I would have thought this is this is going to get the heat back on track here. But uh, real deal, Beal's too much for them uh, down the stretch there. Uh, but, no, I'm not worried about the heat. I, I just believe we've seen so much of them in the past about their continuity, yeah, their players, their defense, their culture, heat culture, uh, that they will get back on track. And, again, there's a couple of those teams ahead of them in the Eastern Conference, you know, like the Knicks and like the Bulls and the Magic, who I think they're – Better than. So uh, I think they will figure it out. But, you know, that was one last night that uh, certainly you would have backed, I think. I think if that was our pick'em game, we would have all picked the Heat to win that one. Because, Probably, uh, yeah. You know, they're, they're due for a win and uh, and they looked like they were getting it there last night, but uh, came up short. But, uh, you know, I've just, I, I have too much faith in Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley there to get it right. There's still plenty of time. Just in a little bit of a rut right now. And Jimmy Butler didn't look uh, all that flash last night either. I thought, I thought he looked a little bit heavy in the legs. And uh, he's probably going to take a few games to get his win back. So uh, no real reason to be, to worry too much about the Heat. But they're not a top four team. You know, they're, they're a playoff team. They're a playoff team. And uh, as I said before, once you get to the playoffs, if they're all healthy, they're going to be tough against no matter who they match up with. Okay, well, all eyes are on them, though, I think, though, now, Trey, because the Mavericks, like, they got the, uh, you know, that crucial, like, sort of stem the bleeding win versus the Hawks last night. They were on a losing streak, Dallas was. Well, okay, they got a good victory, you know. Well, who's sort of like a good team that's struggling now? I think it's the Heat. I think they're at the top of that sort of leaderboard. So I wonder if you're going to start seeing, you know, more articles about them and what's going on. And are you pressing the panic button? Lee says no, but what about you? I'm with Lee here, but I I agree with you, Skeets. I think that now that Jimmy Butler is back, you lose a game against the Wizards, obviously people are going to start focusing yeah. on you. But it's still pretty early. It seems crazy. You know, they're 7-14, and 14, pretty far under 500 right now. They're still just three games out of the sixth seed, and I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that some of the teams ahead of them, you look at the Cavs, their schedule's going to be getting a lot harder right now. The Knicks, the Bulls, I hate to say it, they could both fall off. They could easily both decide... Yeah, we're going to start moving some of these players who've been playing pretty well for for picks here, for something in the future, right? Like, the Bulls could decide to pull out of the the play-in tournament and move Thaddeus Young. The Knicks Mm -hmm. could do that with Julius Randle. The Cavs could do that with Andre Drummond. Those are all probably the smart team-building moves. 
In which case, they'd probably get worse, and Miami is not going to stay a bottom five shooting team in the league for the entirety of the season, I I don't think. So now having Jimmy back, if these other teams fall off, and if they get their three-point shot back, they turn it around a little bit. I do think it's been a problem that Goran Dragic doesn't get to the rim quite as easily so far, but if he's able to round himself into shape, if they're able to start putting pressure on the rim, that makes the three-point shots easier. The free throws will come back around for Jimmy Butler. We know that's a a major point for him for efficient scoring. So I'm not super worried about the Heat. They've got the track record. And if anything, they seem like a team who could be actively trying to acquire people Mm -hmm. at the trade deadline. If it's Bradley Beal, maybe, or maybe even somebody else, because they're not a team that's going to be happy to be taking a step from the NBA Finals one season to out of the playoffs the next. So... The heat, to me, can only go up from here. Okay. All right. Well, we got lots more still in today's show, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. All right. I teased a question that we were going to ask yesterday, but we were sort of running a little long. So I said, ah, let's put it on the shelf. We'll come back to it. So let's go to it now. Let's hit the beach again. Why not? We hit the beach yesterday. Go check that podcast out. You can also watch it on YouTube if you want to. But uh, this one from Wilkerson abroad in Arabia. He says, hey, no dunks. I've often thought that one of the issues that makes voting for MVP in the NBA so tough is that we don't have an offensive player of the year award. I'm not saying the selection process would all of a sudden become as easy as raw carrots and hummus if we did have an (laughs) OPOI, but I do think the process would become easier. All of a sudden, we would have an award that can recognize a brilliant offensive season without giving that player an MVP. This would then allow everyone to move away from certain candidates for MVP. If, for example, their team's success wasn't up to snuff or if they happened to be a player who played no defense, cough, cough, hearted. Although Giannis won the MVP and DPOY last year, that's a bit of an outlier. Usually the players in line for DPOY aren't in contention for MVP. OPOY could be the same. I think this would allow everyone to focus on the great superstars of our league who are complete players. And this would hopefully allow the award to more frequently be given to the person who is, quote here, the best player in the world. Turnups, lava lamps, blossom. Again, that's from Wilkerson. The OPOY, I know Rachel Nichols has talked about this in the past uh, from the jump tray. What's your take on this idea? Do you like it or no? Well, I got a few thoughts on this. Deep in their hearts, everyone knows offense is more important than defense, which is why the MVP is pretty much the offensive player of the year. (laughs) David Aldridge had a a great piece recently at The Athletic, to which you can subscribe at theathletic.com slash no dunks, explaining why defense first players have a harder time getting paid in the NBA. And it's because scoring points is 100% the thing that matters the most, but... 
I still love this idea. I would be willing to have this award named after me. I'm that big of a person. (laughs) And if you want to name it the Trey Kirby Offensive Player of the Year Award, I think it's great because I don't actually think that every single season would be the exact same as the MVP. Obviously, a lot of the times, the Offensive Player of the Year would likely win the MVP, but they do this in the NFL. They've given out 48 Offensive Player of the Year awards, but only 28 of those were also the MVP that season. Hmm. It's probably going to be a little bit closer in basketball, uh, but I don't think it'll be exact the exact same. You know, maybe 75% of the Offensive Player of the Year wins MVP or something like that. James Harden is a guy that you look at and say, obviously he would be stacking up OPO-wise and people yeah. would be very happy to leave him off their MVP ballots if that were the case. So, yeah, I'm never against... Uh, additional awards. It would be strange to do it this deep into the NBA's history and have it have the same kind of cachet that MVP and Defensive Player of the Year awards have. You know, the Twyman Stokes Teamwork Award is still in its infancy, hasn't really taken off yet. But if you have something as big name as the OPOY, I think uh, I think it would be a great idea. Okay, Lee, what do you think? I mean, your guy Bradley Beal might be in the running for OPOI this year, despite his team sucking. Yeah, well, I mean, we have Defensive Player of the Year, so why not just scrap MVP and have Offensive Player of the Year then? Then, then it solves scrap that. MV- you want to scrap MVP? Well, then it solves that problem of like, well, what's valuable? Does he play both ends of the floor? Is he his team's best scorer? Does he, you know, does he lead the league in a category? Like, just scrap one of them or just reword the MVP to just best player this season, you know, because... I think, I, I think that's what Wilkerson is saying we would do if you made OPOI. We would yeah. sort of like look at MVP as best player in the world yeah. or in the league. Yeah. Well, that's that's why I yeah. think that's why I think because we do get caught up in the wording of it, which is unnecessary. Just just make it best player, best offensive player, and best defensive player, and mm. then 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 one guy's going to win all three one year for sure. You know, like uh, <laughs> like Giannis. Maybe Giannis is going to win it last year all three of them. So right. I don't know. I think I think it's you know these things. We always talk about this, and we had it on a, one of our beach step, and I think in the summer where it was like, you know, LeBron James should be an 11-time MVP because he's been the best player in the league pretty much every season he's been in the NBA. There's no question about that. He should have won Defensive Player of the Year probably a couple of times as well because when he decided to play defense, he was the best defensive player, and he came runner-up that. Uh, I think only once, did he, or twice maybe? I'm not sure. But, um, you know, the, the point being that we look at these and then sometimes we just dismiss who wins them anyway to say well Giannis wasn't the best player last year LeBron was because his team went on to win the finals and he was finals MVP what would you rather win would you rather be LeBron or, or Giannis I think well that's clearly. a whole other argument though too I mean these are regular season <laughs> yeah but see awards and, and we for some reason can't you know separate the playoffs <laughs> from them because you just did exactly what most people do it's like well yeah, yeah. Uh, Giannis is an MVP. He got he bounced in the second round. Well, no, no, no. He got MVP for the regular season. It has nothing to do with the playoffs. I hear what you're saying. Though. Yeah, and and that that's why when I did that breakdown, that's why you know if you look at the season in totality, you know obviously yes. you'd much right. Like you think about when Dirk Nowitzki won his MVP, they got uh, swept or not swept, sorry, but uh, upset by the We Believe Warriors. So you know what what sort of uh, a season memory would Dirk Nowitzki have? Like oh great, I was voted best player in the league, but then we had an embarrassing first round exit. You know so. Um, I, I, it's it, yeah. These, there's no uh, uh, answer to these things because people are going to have such different interpretations of what's valuable. And then you know, like, is James Harden the best offensive player on a team? If you know they they lose in the first round of the playoffs, but he puts up 40 points a game, do people just say, well, give him an award for that, or should it uh, really translate into victories and wins? I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's never going to be a total agreement on that, and uh, I think that's you're never going to get the right answer anyway. Who would be at the top of your 
offensive player of the year rankings right now trey like who, who would be one two three if you can i mean i'm putting you on the spot here a little bit but who would you go well number one zach levine okay. <laughs> jk jk uh in yeah. the mix uh in the mix i would certainly have bradley beal you know he's yeah. leading the league in scoring he's at about 35 per game he's the number one guy on the wizards all the attention is on him he is just an offensive player i think uh the donk would probably be in the mix Scoring close to 30 a game with 10 assists and maybe Jokic as well. I'm just kind of looking at, yeah. uh, you know, the scoring and the assisting aspects of it. So maybe those three. Perhaps you're throwing Durant in the mix as well. But uh, I would definitely think that um, Beal and Doncic are two guys who are not high up in the MVP racers who would be very much higher in the yeah. OPOY. Yeah, I think so. What's funny about this, though, is like you slipped it in there. Sometimes with Defensive Player of the Year, not every year, because Giannis is, uh, you know, uh, contrary to this, what I'm going to say here last year, but you sometimes with a Defensive Player of the Year go like, well, uh, he's not that good at offense, right? Like he can focus all on defense, like Gobert and Draymond Green and stuff like that. And that actually helps their case. So would the same thing happen, like you said, Trey, for offensive players? Like it's like you're almost penalized for your chances to win this OPOI if you're like a decent defender or above average <laughs> defender. Like you're better off being Beal or, or something like that. So that's sort of weird in a way. But look, I'm all for another award just for us to debate it. <laughs> content, baby, content. That's it. That's yeah, it. I love it. I love the idea of making the case that this guy does too much defensively to win the offensive right. player of the year. I love it. That's a that's a a locked-in position for me. I do got a little trivia for you guys. Okay. I mentioned the NFL has been giving out the Offensive Player of the Year award for mm-hmm. a long time. All of them but two have gone to quarterbacks and running backs, as you would okay. expect. Two wide receivers, though, have won NFL Offensive Player of the Year. One was Michael Thomas last year. I don't think you guys wow. would get that. No offense. Jerry a Rice Saints is my legend. guess. Boom! Yeah. Look at it. Hey, I know the big skin. I know the big skin. <laughs> this guy's going deep for Jerry Rice. The big question, though, I mean, the big question of our lifetimes, who's the greatest receiver ever, Jerry Rice or Randy Moss? Give me Randy. You're not getting the consistent effort every single time, but the highlights are incredible. And, you know, sometimes he'll moon the opposing fans. Good stuff. How many many bowls has he got? Is that what they call them? Bowls or rings? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Championships? uh, (laughs) Because Jerry Rice won. Didn't Jerry Rice win like five with... Joe Montana. Yeah, yeah he won a lot. Yeah. How many did Moss? How many did he won with the uh, Patriots? Did right? he get one? Did he, he might. I don't think he won a. I don't think he won a Super Bowl because I think he was on that team that Seven, went undefeated until yeah. they lost in the okay. Super Bowl. Ah. Wow. Oh, give me Jerry Rice then, right, Lee? Yeah. It's all about the rings, man. That's right. Yeah. Joe Montana used to put it on a plate for Jerry. Jerry used to eat that rice up. I don't know. Is that a thing? <laughs> That's it is now. It is now. Um. Before we take another break, why don't we get this Beal trade out of the oh, way? We're, ta- we're yes. talking about OPOY. Why not? He might be at the top of the leaderboard, so let's trade him. Where are we going today? Yeah, so uh, last night watching the uh, Hornets and the Sixers, uh, and the Hornets have probably outperformed expectations to this point, and largely because Gordon Hayward's been pretty good. Yep. So, And, you know, we know that the Hornets are not a free agent destination, even though Gordon Hayward went there, but I wouldn't say that was a big coup for them. You know, it was like, you know, sure, you got Gordon Hayward. So why not jump uh, all in here if you are Michael Jordan and the uh, and the Hornets and okay. try to see if you can get hold of Bradley Beal. You should have drafted him anyway a few years ago. Took uh, MKG instead when uh, Beal was on the board. But you know they they signed uh, Gordon Hayward to a contract offer a few years ago and eventually got him. So maybe they can get him this time. And so this is the deal. I think if you're the Hornets, uh, Terry Rozier, who's been out the last couple of games, and Lamelo Ball's been starting. 
I think we know Lamella Ball should be starting on that team. Yeah. So I think Rosier, a young player, he's been playing well. He's had a good season, no doubt about it. Uh, so I think he's the sort of first piece that moves. And then you've got a couple of the younger guys. Now, for this particular trade uh, deal, I'm going with Malik Monk, who came off a uh, career high the other night with the nine threes. And then Devontae Graham, who's also... Remember there was an all-star buzz about Devontae Graham last season. Now, he hasn't quite been able to sort of stay consistent, but a young player with some upside there. And then this is this is the part that I think you're really going to have to entice the Wizards. Two first-round picks. Okay, 21-23 I've got in there for now. Now, you can maybe throw in a P.J. Washington, change one of those players, but keep Rosier there because I think Rosier is probably the best player out of those three uh, so far that I've mentioned. So, basically, you're getting three current players yeah. and then two first-round picks in exchange for Bradley Beal. Um, and if you're the uh, Hornets, yeah, I, if you're the Hornets, you're doing it. Yeah, I as mean, always with your they're trade. They're in, they're in. <laughs> if you're getting Beal, you're absolutely doing. Yeah, it. but trades. I mean that's that's five, you know, young, talented uh, prospects, and uh, you know those two first well, rounders. Uh, I think you're trying to convince yourself with those three guys you got going back. Well, at least two of them. You know, Devonte Graham. Okay, he's still living off one great month in this league. I mean, good for him. He's fine. He's fine. Malik Monk, just because he hit, you know, whatever, how many Sell threes night? Sell he's high. basically been dead. Uh, he hadn't even heard of him. People didn't even know he's in the league. And Terry Lee, Rozier. Lee, you're going to be so good at Top Shot because all that matters is who played great last night. My man would be balling off the Malik Monk stock right now. You got to put. At least three picks in any Bradley Beal yes, trade, I think. Yes. At least. The guy's got an extra year on his contract still. And if your team is good enough, maybe you get a year after that. Yeah. Well, you can start with those, I think, you know, those three. So okay, I don't, get... I don't mind something around, okay, Terry Rozier. A P.J. Washington, I think, would have to be included. Because, you know, he's an enticing young guy that you can see the Wizards, like, sort of being interested in. Uh, and then, like Trey said, a million picks. And then we're still not probably even done. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the Hornets getting Beal. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> you could have drafted him. You could have drafted Jets, him. Jets, I know. Oh, man, that's that's, cr- that's crazy to think of. MKG was a hyped prospect, too. They were That was kind of like, oh, man, it's too bad you didn't get Anthony Davis. That's a real franchise changer. But at yeah. least you lucked into MKG. Right, right. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I love it. I still love these. I don't care what people say. <laughs> I love hearing what you come up with. Uh, um, I've, I've just been hitting the mute button lately for... Uh, listen, um, I will say this. If you don't like the trade, it's fine. You don't have to like it. But yeah. don't just say, hey, that trade sucks. Come back with one. Come oh, back with yeah. one. Okay? Okay. Come back with one. That's all oh, I'm That's a sly for. way for Leos to say, hey, just do my work for me. No, okay? no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying count, come back with a counter trade from the Hornets then. And because and, people, ah, you suck at this. This is awful. Okay, you show me. Show me the deal then. And then all of a sudden they go quiet. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> all right. Feel you one of the Hornets. You heard it here first. Love it. Uh, let's take one more break and then uh, we'll get to Tweet of the Night and all that. Lily, what do you got? Whoa. You ever wish you could have it both ways? I do. Like a zero-calorie cheeseburger or staying up late but not feeling exhausted in the morning? Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But you can have it both ways with Mack Weldon. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. 
I've got some polos, some tees, some undies, and I love them. Simple, soft, stylish. In fact, I'm wearing Mack Weldon right now. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. If you told me my silver PK polo was made from 100% cotton, I would 100% believe you. But those antimicrobial silver threads keep me feeling fresher longer. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Man, Lee, I'd love to fire up that wedding uh, DVD you got there. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. This is a pretty good tagline from Josh Hall in the stream team who says, Say I do to Harry's. Oh, excellent. Look at that. Look at that. Man, how long is that? Uh, good question. I'm not sure. Have you ever watched it? Since- not really. Not yeah. really. It's actually, yeah, it's one of the hardest things to watch. Um... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you think this is one of gonna, the worst days of your life. Well, you think it's going to be great, but we didn't have an official like a videographer or anything like that. We just had people like um, oh. you know shooting stuff on their phones, and uh, oh, I guess God. I guess one guy, one one of our family friends, did have a video camera, but it wasn't like we were like, "Hey, can you shoot for us?" He was just shooting, and then we compiled it later on. So, um, so that's just like basically a bootleg DVD. <laughs> yeah. Well, someone edited it and put it together to make some sort of sense, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's just yeah, they're not fun to watch. If you watch anyone else's, they're really not that fun. No, that's what I mean. We've talked yeah. about this before. It's like one of those things that they sort of. Uh, I think Trey's talked about it before, haven't you? Like getting the video, you, like you splurge for the video package because you're like, I guess I don't know. We want yeah, to have you sort this, of think but you do have we? To, yeah. yeah, yeah, we have the big. Um you know, fancy album that we look at right. once every 10 years. But I kind of wish I did have the DVD. I'm sure I wouldn't watch it, but I would love to go back and you know see what the dance moves look like see how much fun people were having i don't know every 20 years pop it in the problem will be having a dvd player 20 years later and actually being able to play it but oh man man i I love having a memory oh man i got a dvd player (laughs) oh my goodness oh my goodness Uh, incredible you have everything right there at your fingertips Hey, Scooty, uh, who, who was one of the most your favorite players to watch really exciting small player in the nba in the 90s nick van exel no, but he kind of like him, but he used to get up for some big dugs. Robert Pack. Robert Pack. There you go. Look at that. 
a human NBA top shot. Uh, okay. I'll give you five bucks for that. Um, yeah, no, you know what we should do, though? Um, uh, commentary on your video. We should fire it up here on YouTube. We just watch it together and literally, like, you can tell us what's going on. Just, like, try and decide, you know, make sense of it. Yeah. What do you think? No? Uh, Director's commentary? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if anyone would want to watch it. It's just, just people. Maybe. Just, would. They yeah. Would. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. The, we'll see. The cover alone has me. Can yeah. you put it up one more time? Just go yeah. to him, uh, uh, JD. Yeah. I mean, like, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> 18th of August, 2007. What? What? Why are you dipping into this now, mate? I don't. I don't yeah. want to spoil no, like so, a Valentine's Day surprise. I know we just did the yeah. Roman ad read a little bit ago, but uh. yeah, no. Uh, so you know, like uh, I've moved rooms. I was downstairs in the basement. Now I'm up in my son's room, and um, we've just kind of like moved stuff around lately. And there's all sorts of junk just around here and i don't know why specifically that was out i know i had the dvd player out because i was looking at some old photos here that i've got you know like some uh some of my old <laughs> trips on the on the discs and stuff like that oh is, were those those photos you shared today on your, yeah some uh, of them instagram yeah. you yeah, and a do-rag in barbados yeah let me see what uh oh this one's new york city with plugger this is my friend Plugger. Oh, yeah. When we went to New York. What else have we got here? What else? What else? It what else? actually says NYC with Plugger. Yeah. Oh, it's on Oh, this one. Uh, oh, I've got a little label in here. What's this? Oh, that's England 2005. <laughs> okay. I, I love seeing this right now because it explains how you're able to find every yeah. picture. We're like, okay, where yeah. were you? March 26, 2006. I was playing pickup basketball. It makes well, that's sense it. when you have everything labeled. Smart stuff. Russia. There's no trip to Russia. Oh, my goodness. That's one thing about, you know, when we do step on the beach, like, uh, you know, when you talk about stuff, you're like, I wonder if I've got a photo of that, you know? Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, 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 the answer is you do. Well, everything. yeah, but I, 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 seem to be missing, I seem to be missing some as well. There's Beirut. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great trip, I tell you. That was awesome. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. This, uh, let's let's get to tweet of the night. <laughs> mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. <laughs> oh man. Oh. So good. What, what do you got, Trey? Oh, I, all I wish is that I had a CD-ROM that said Russia <laughs> in all caps. That's awesome. That's just great, man. Oh, I love it. Today's tweet of the night comes from this morning. Uh, Ryan Coltenbaugh, a longtime listener, longtime watcher, sent in a tweet this morning saying, this is Trey Kirby as a weatherman. Sunshine is back! <laughs> Y'all heard about Sunshine? But uh, yeah, it's true. I love saying things are back. Have since the starters. I went back, started thinking about it. First time I said something was back, 2013-14 season. Wow. It's a long time ago. Derrick Rose had missed the year before. He had 20 on 7 of 16 shooting in a win against the undefeated Peace Pacers on November 16th, 2013. Here, I have a CD-ROM from that <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the Bulls beat Paul George and the Pacers. I remember saying that night, Derrick Rose is back! A couple of nights later, Derrick Rose suffered another injury against the Portland Trailblazers, and it was until from then until this year, until the Bulls finally came back. Lots of things have come back so far. This year, the Bulls, the Knicks, the Cavs, the Hornets, big men, rebounding, trading cards. 
CD-ROMs from your <laughs> wedding, wedding videos, tucked in t-shirts, berets, puka shell necklaces. I would love to see a supercut of things that I've said are back at the end of the year so we can see if they're actually still back. Wow. But for today, sunshine is back. <laughs> Not in Atlanta, no. but, but somewhere out there. Sunshine right. is back. Awesome, awesome. Great tweet there, Ryan. Great stuff. Uh, let's get to pick'em results. You said a couple of those teams that were back there, the Knicks and the Bulls. This is uh, the who's most back bowl too, right? Because this is the old baseball series. Bulls took game one, but the Knicks got it done last night. Uh, they obviously covered because they they won outright. That was the money line hit. I swerved. J.E. Swerved has done it again, so I get the victory. I'm 2-1 and one, taking the Knicks. Great first quarter from the Knicks and they held on. I think the Bulls went on like a 20 to five run. It got a little interesting there at the end in the fourth quarter, but another loss for Lee and Trey. You guys are 0 for still. Looking for that first W here in February. You're 0 for three. Tass is one and two. Uh, and Tass, by the way, is paying off his uh, last month's loss on Friday's show. Uh, we got something in store. I, th- I don't know. Is that the plan? No one tells me. Anyway, I think that's the plan. Because <laughs> uh, then you guys were talking about doing something else. Anyway, we'll get to it. Tonight's game, though. Five games on. Really good schedule, okay? Uh, we got the TNT doubleheader, Warriors-Mavericks. We will be jumping on at halftime to do NBA Happy Hour, maybe watching uh, Lee's uh, wedding <laughs> DVD. Uh, and Nuggets-Lakers is the late game. But the game we're picking from, Rockets-Grizzlies. Small line, Memphis favored by one and a half at home. Lee, we'll go to you first. Uh, do you like the Grizzlies to uh, bounce back after a rough, rough loss to, I think, the Pacers they last mm. played? Or the Rockets looking to bounce back, too. They got hammered by the Thunder um, yeah. last night. What do you got? No John Wall last night, and uh, I think he was being rested. Uh, but then maybe Oladipo's out tonight. Uh, a really tough one there. The Rockets had been playing good basketball before that. Um, one and a half points, did you say, for Memphis yep, at home? Yep, Memphis has to win by two. Uh, give me the Rockets. Oh, wow. Okay, going with the Rockets. Trey, where are you leaning? Uh, I'll flip the script on Lee. Give me the Grizzlies. Both teams are on their third game in four nights, but it's a back-to-back for the Rockets. John Wall obviously didn't play, so maybe he's still rested. But yeah, give me the Grizzlies. Somebody will be at the bottom of the standings tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. I like that. I'm going to go with Trey. I'm going to also go with the Grizzlies to uh, win this close line here. I'll take uh, Memphis minus one and a half. Let's find out who Tassie has. Crazy that the Rockets had a recent six-game win streak and the Grizzlies had a recent seven-game win streak. Isn't it? Isn't it, guys? Don't you think? I'm taking Memphis. Oh, so there you go, Lily. Will the swerve continue? <laughs> it's been hot in February. You're the yeah, only one taking Houston. Uh, that makes me think that it's due for a... Uh, uh, no. You know, to, to... <laughs> no, you got to run with it. Okay, I think you're, you're, you're in the line to win tonight. You're the only one taking Houston. Everybody else has Memphis. All right. Fun, fun show. Shout out to the stream team. Thanks so much for some of your hilarious comments. Uh, email your NBA questions and your comments in for our next Beach Steppin' podcast. We dropped one yesterday. If you haven't listened to that already, go back, have some laughs. Fun, fun show. Grab your No Dunks merch at nodunks.com. You guys know that. Subscribe to The Athletic already. Theathletic.com slash No Dunks. And yeah, like, comment, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. We'll have whoopsies dropping later today because it is Thursday. That's a staple on Thursday for us. We got the Drop Podcast, of course, on Friday. And tonight, said it a couple times now, it's our second NBA Happy Hour Watch Party. We will be jumping on around halftime of the Warriors-Mavericks game, and we might have a guest in store. So join us live as we just hang and sort of watch the game and sort of talk about life and have a drink and kick back. It's super casual. Super casual. You're going to wear a robe tonight, Trey? What do you think? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. And like I a, said, do you have a snuggie? I don't have a snuggie. I would mm. like a snuggie. I do have um a very furry fleece I could wear, but I'm mm. thinking I'm gonna wear Laura's robe. To be honest, I was telling you yesterday that mine it's, is. It's just not aesthetically that pleasing. Yeah. It's a little schlumpy, a little too cash. But if I show up uh, in a fleece teal polka dot robe, wow, that's casual, my friend. Wow, <laughs> that's, that's casual. We're gonna get no dunks robes. I, I, that's, a, that's the next merchandise for us, I think. Robes, I think bucket hats are in play here. Uh, yeah, we got a lot to work on. Lily, are you joining us tonight at some point? I'll be there at some point after yeah. books, yeah. All right, after books. All right. What, were you reading uh, Michael J. Fox? No. The Bhutan Happiness Index? The Bhutan Happiness. You want to you hear a little bit more about it? Or? No, no, just save it for tonight. All right? Mm. Save it for tonight. You, you find the right chapter, the right page you want to read to us tonight on NBA Happy Hour, okay? You know, they had a ban on internet and television up until 1999. Clipper Bros. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. <laughs> Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Lee is right. We ate some huge <laughs> meals in Vegas. Still trying to get our subs up. Join us on YouTube tonight. <laughs> Embrace the day, people. <laughs>